Welcome everyone to Southern Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas here. Thursday, November 19th, 2020, Charlotte, North Carolina, as always. Um, today we will be going over... Oh, my hair all got all tangled up. Um, the fights this weekend. We I'll be breaking down UFC 255, go through the main card, talk about what's going on in the news. A break a little news for y'all. Um, so that's fun. And yeah, let's get started. Before we do, though, remember sunscrapnation.com. New website up. Go check it out. It's going to also have, for those that are local, it's going to have stuff for the gym, too. Especially when that gets started, which kind of part of the news. Um. It's going to have, it's got videos on it right now, but at towards, here's some news for the podcast. Videos will start in December because I'll have my office set up and I'll be able to do it. So I'll start putting the videos on the website and on YouTube just to be there. The website right now has got a better bio pictures of me and stuff I've done, and then the podcast plays automatically when you get on the website. So you don't even have to go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, or all your listening apps, such as podcast app. You can just go to southernscrapnation.com, and you get the podcast right there. You can play, you sit back, you relax, and you enjoy the show. So that's what's new with the website. Um, portion of it. Also, you can check out our social media, which I'll be getting a little bit more into now, considering dun, 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 uh, Southern Scrap Nation signed, not signed, but uh, we have our first pro fighter to be a part of the team. So Southern Scrap Nation, you'll see as far as when banners and shorts come out or whatever shirts You'll see them not on only me, not on poor me, but you'll see them on other people as well. So that'll be good. So congrats to Troy Green. We'll have him in for a podcast. We'll sit here, talk to him, break down some fights with him, and have him come on as a regular. And we think alike, so it'll be a good conversation. And I hope, I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. But that being said, that's all the good news out of this side. Things are rolling. We rolling. We rolling. But the bigger news, what's going on in the MMA world in total? Um, <clears throat> so we've got this fight coming out this weekend. we got UFC 255. So what's – there's got to be some media attention at least around it this week and I'm trying to find something that besides the Mike Perry talking about what's come out in his life recently. Damn. I uh, didn't even realize Juicy Formiga got released from the UFC. Damn. He got released this past week. Huh. That's that's wild. So Juicy Formiga got released. That's some news. 
And the other news is Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier is not for a title. Repeat is not for a title. Dana White said that Khabib's going to get to that 30. I know that's what he wants. So he's convinced Khabib to fight again, which, you know, talk about a negotiable guy. Get Dana White to negotiate a guy who made a promise to his mom. And then Dana somehow was like, yeah, but remember what your dead dad wanted. And he's like, you're right. And threw a bunch of money at him. And look at that. Dana White's pretty good at negotiation. And for a guy that I'm assuming didn't go to college for it, um, he's one of the best in the business. You may not like him. You may like him. Whatever the case may be is, he's the best in the business. So, fucking, yeah, he brought Khabib back for one more. Which, you know, a guy with such belief, and maybe just had the itch to be 30, you know? Like, he may have been talking to retirement, retirement, just in the heat of things, and now maybe watching a couple fights, he's like, ah, oh, do that again. Um, he's got such a dominant style that returning to the UFC isn't, and he's still young, quote-unquote, that as long as he comes back within the next year, he can not worry about the time. I mean, he doesn't really take any time off, technically, because he, he fights once a year anyways. But it's got to be soon. And that's pretty much the most of it. It's just got to be soon. Otherwise, if he's takes like five years off, then absolutely not. But And the divisions kind of cater to him. So maybe whoever wins Dustin Connor too gets good. I don't really like that. Maybe Tony versus... Who's Tony supposed to fight? Maybe who? Maybe if Tony wins his next fight, who knows? Whatever. Got to let the little lightweight division sit a little bit, anyways. All right. So Dana White calls Bob Arum's comments about Terrence Crawford calls him a scumbag. Um, so Bob Aram, Aram complained that the current champion, Terrence Crawford, isn't exactly the superstar he had hoped. I could build a house in Beverly Hills on the money I lost on him in the last three fights, Aram told The Athletic. Nobody questions Crawford's t- innate, tremendous ability by beating a naturally bigger guy decisively. That's a big statement that he's making. The question, does it pay the bills? Look, you can have the greatest opera singer in the world. If the fans don't support it, you're out of business. That is kind of crazy to say. Like, But you're the promoter, so that's like what your job is. So you're supposed to promote it so people want to watch. Listen, Terrence Crawford, arguably the best boxer right now, currently. He's a switch hitter, 
that comes out. He came out southpaw in his last three fights. Comes out orthodox in this one because he wanted to knock Kell Brook's head off. And then switched to southpaw and just outclassed him. My, it blows my mind that you would say that. Like, let another promoter say that. But if, like, it's your promotion. However, Dana White can't say shit. Because Dana White said the same thing about multiple other fighters. Guys that, like a Tyron Woodley, for example. Um, ben Askren, he never liked. Right? He didn't like his style. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? You guys would murder me if I said that. I'd never hear the end of that. That's what what you do. That's not. So it's your. Pro, it's not his fucking problem. It's your problem. His problem isn't to. To be fair, and I was talking to Troy about this. The UFC doesn't really make a narrative for anybody. The UFC doesn't really do much work for you. They don't work for you. Their job is to put on fights. Their job isn't to promote everybody. So social media is key. The narrative you paint for yourself going into the UFC is the narrative that they paint. The narrative in boxing... Now, there's there's less people and the superstars are you know, the, the money. And there's more money in it, too. And some of these guys, I don't know if Bob Aaron's just a promoter, but some of them are also managers, too. I think they still do that, I think. Regardless, maybe not. But regardless, hit me in the comments if I'm wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure that's part of the Ali Act. Like, you can't be a manager and a promoter. The fuck do I know? I'm not a lawyer. Um, anyway, point is, it is a pain if people don't want to support him, but don't trash him because people don't want to support him. Maybe that's a conversation you have with a fighter or someone, like a champ especially, that maybe you go out of pocket a little bit for a champion especially. That's kind of where it crosses. Like once you become a champion, like maybe you should put a little bit money into him. Just saying. But as far as an upcoming pro fighter or amateur fighter, it starts with you and what you look like coming in. You can't let them direct a narrative for you cuz then it's going to be a terrible narrative. Or it's just going to be, like, not who you are. Because you said it in a throwaway interview. All right. Uh, 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 uh. The morning report on MMA fighting. Mark Hunt on the UFC title. There's no prestigious... There's no prestige in that title. There's no money in that title. Um, I guess because of all the PEDs. I don't know what that means for him. Like, uh, where are you going to... Okay, there's no money in it, so where is the money? 
I mean, yeah, okay, so you don't make you don't make that money compared to boxing, so why would you do why would you go to the UFC? It's a fair point. But you can also set up a life for your family and your future. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be millions of dollars. You can just, like, set up a life. It's pretty easy living, too. Like, it's hard living, but it's not Alaskan crab fishing. And both those you don't need an education for. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a reason why people love to fight for money. One, people take all different influences and try to imitate their life as that as it imitates them in a way like people in anime love fighting because anime fights are fucking sick and you want to do that stuff um people that love um I don't know, people that love just, like, Bruce Lee shit. They grew up in the 80s, and they love those movies. Or they love just movies in general, and they really just want to fight. I don't know, people wrestled. They have that, well, what, there's no money in, like, wrestling after college, so guess what? Fighting MMA is not a bad option. And guess what? If What if you can't make money making... Because there's a chance that you don't make money pro boxing, but you can make money in the UFC because you've got really good hands. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, Bellator 253. Caldwell versus McKee. Man, um, I like that fight. Caldwell, phenomenal wrestler. This is the featherweight... Grand Prix winner gets a million dollars. This is for the quarterfinals. So, I think semifinals. I think this is semifinals. Um, so whoever wins this goes to the finals. And the um, yeah, I mean Caldwell made it this far, kind of undersized, but still made it this far. And McKee still undefeated. Unbelievable, unbelievable win. Uh, let's see. Let's see what his last wins were. Submission and KO. Yeah, I mean, he's phenomenal. Sixteen and zero. Definitely his hardest fight. All right. Uh, Let's see. Michael Chandler still hoping for a scrap in January. Cool. John Jones has been going on because of the PD talk and stuff. Um a lot 
I just, I don't care. He's going on that thing. He's going on rants. Um, Ryan Hall calling out the Korean zombie. It's not a bad call out. They're fighting. Calvin Cater versus Max Holloway. Set. What did I say? That's going to be a banger of a fight. But I think Calvin Cater outboxes Max Holloway. Derek Brunson calling out Robert Whitaker. Uh, Robert Whitaker is not fighting. He's spending Christmas with the family. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alex Perez said Cody was just trying to come back. He couldn't hang with the 35ers, so he tried to come hang. Try to come down to the smaller guys, like a shortcut to the title. Then Cody just goes, Alex can hang off these nuts. You know, mature shit. Mature reactions. But I don't, if Alex Perez wins, well, there you go. You got title set up. All right. So why don't we get into breaking down these fights unless there's other news. Uh, Mike Perry denies ex-wife's domestic violence allegations. Listen, I don't know their situation. I don't know anything about it. But uh, kind of seems weird. She came out like a while ago trying to talk to like Joe Rogan about it. And it all happened around when Mike Perry and his girlfriend um, got pregnant. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I have, there's no evidence. I don't know. There's just no evidence. Either side. Also, Mike Perry's ex-girlfriend's kind of big. Like, I feel like I feel like she could fight back. She also trained. Um, Figueredo wants Go- Garbrandt to prove he can make twenty-five. Well, I mean, easy said now that he d- you're not fighting him, but. Let's see what you can come to the table if you win this. Oh, the the Bellator cards tonight. Caldwell versus McKee. Oh, wow. That's on a Thursday? Okay. All right. Why don't we get breaking into these fights? Remember, check out the new website, sunscrapnation.com. Okay. So UFC 255 this weekend in Vegas, 10 p.m. main card. Early prelims at 6.30. Um, I'm just going to break down the main card. Let me bring out my Bo, my friend Bovado. When other podcasts get sponsored by 
by betting sites that pay them money, I pick the one that gives me trouble logging in, but I like their lines, so I use them. Bovada. Bovada. Um, okay. So. I feel like we should talk about at least Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Ravola. I think that's just fight of the night written all over it. Flyweight. Brandon's got knockdown power, or Revola's got knockdown power. Brano's got the size on him. I just think this is a good fight in the making. And to be honest, I don't think they're that. Actually, Revola's got the size on him. Remember when Moreno used to be big? Moreno was big for flyweight. Now these, now guys that are my height almost, Revola's five eight is a little bit shorter than I am, but can make 125 is crazy. Moreno's got the reach. And Moreno's been doing work. He found his purpose. He beat Juicy Formiga. He beat Kai Franca. It was a close fight though, right? Yeah, super close fight. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously... Ravola also beat Kai Carfranco recently, and he just had a big win. Oh, over Kai Carfranco, and he came in late no- or late notice on against Tim Elliott, submitted him. I like Ravola. I like his. I mean, it's two submissions in a row. It's not going to be easy to submit Marino, but it, it's not easy to submit Tim Elliott either. And in my mind, if Revolta can submit Tim Elliott, Brendan Moreno's next up for up for the taking. I personally think Brandon might Revolta might knock him out. Kind of have that that confidence vibe from him right now. And uh yeah. I think and he's an underdog. I'm not saying Underdog of the night, but as far as safe underdog, yeah. Safe underdog of the night, go with Brandon Revola for sure. It's going to be a fun fight, but go with Brandon Revola. And then light heavy. Okay, so main card. You got light heavyweight, Mauricio Shogun Hua. Uh, I am 22 minutes. Let's go 20. Okay. Uh, Mauricio Shogun Hua versus Paul Craig. Number two. They've. They, who did he, who won that one? There was a draw. That's right. That's why I don't remember who won. Well, this one settles it all, baby. And to be honest, I mean, why wouldn't you put your money on Paul Craig? Yeah. So Paul Craig's the favorite, which, yes, makes sense. Six years apart, 38. Shogun's very long in the tooth for fighting. But God damn it if Shogun isn't the guy. I mean, uh, he's better than Paul in the stand-up. And, like, Paul Craig's got some good jujitsu, and I give... 
Shogun, like one round, but still, man, there's not a lot of old guys I'd go for. But uh, it just seems like a lot of dogs as the underdogs this weekend. Got a lot of live dogs this weekend, I will say. Now, people are people would be crazy. People would say I'm crazy because I'm at least giving Shogun a chance, but I wouldn't give Jennifer Maya a chance. Listen, man. They're light heavyweights. This is the one thing that they have that those girls don't have, and that's straight-up one-punch knockout power on anybody. And Shogun, I mean, last thing that leaves you is your power. All right, flyweight, Caitlin Chukagian versus Cynthia Cavillo. This is a must-win for Caitlin Chukagian. I just think Cynthia Cavillo wants it a little bit more, was prepared for this, a little bit more and only has one loss and she's she, and she's going to be good size for this weight. Caitlin Chikagian has a potential of using jiu-jitsu for this wrestler but I feel like Cynthia's at the point where her fundamentals are good enough with her top pressure that she's not going to just give up a submission. And if she feels like it is a danger, she's just going to box slash kickbox. And I think Cynthia Cavio is a more well-rounded fighter than Caitlyn. And because I think the one aspect of Caitlyn Chukagian's game, besides as we saw with Jessica Andrade, is the wrestling and the top pressure. If Valentina could hold her down, I think Cynthia is going to be able to hold her down. So it'd be crazy if Chukagian's the favorite. She's not. Okay, cool, 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 cool. At least I am seeing the same as Vegas. All right, Mike Perry versus Tim Means. Mike Perry was originally supposed to fight Robbie Lawler, pulls out, and now he's fighting Tim Means, um, the dirty bird. To be honest, I like this fight for Tim Means. His style kind of... is the counter to the Mike Perry wide hooks rushing forward to means linear punches, knees up the middle. Um, he's long rangy. Obviously Mike Perry has one punch knockout power, but I think Mike was getting ready for Robbie Lawler, a whole different fight. And now he's given Tim means Tim means. I find out ask for the fight. My opinion, if you're asking for the fight, this other guy was expecting a completely different fighter as far as stature and game plan. Mike Perry is essentially going to take the Robbie Lawler from Robbie Lawler and become welterweight's new Robbie Lawler. But Tim is just the kryptonite to that kind of style. He's 36. You know, but we'll see. Mike Perry put out that weird training footage too. Um, I'm gonna look it up. 
All right. In that, but I'm going to pick Tim Means. I don't think he's the favorite. He is the underdog. But that's one that don't. I mean, you can follow my picks. Put them out there. You can do it. But this is one of them that I would just be like, uh, you know what? That's just because I, I personally think so. And then Valentina Shevchenko versus Jennifer Maya. Um, yeah, I mean, his hands are whatever. All right, so in the co-main event, you got Valentina versus Jennifer Maya. Uh, this is, let's see how crazy Valentina's lines have gotten. Negative or minus 1,800 to plus 850. Ooh, baby, baby. Uh, let me just tell you. There's no shame at all for putting $100 on Jennifer Maya. No shame at all. No shame, no shame, no shame. To be honest, I probably will put $100 on Jennifer Maya. There's not a lot of fighters out there that give you lines like these. Now, could you waste $100? Yes. But you could also win $850. It's not a bad day in the life of being a Jennifer Maya bandwagon fan. Bro, I will rock the t-shirts. I'll rock everything for this fight on Saturday. I know Valentina Shevchenko technically is better everywhere. I feel like she gets a knockout-style Jessica I kind of style knockout. I feel it. She's faster. Her footwork's better. And I don't see anywhere that Jennifer Maya beats her. But Jennifer Maya's a dog. And let's see. Caitlin Chikagan beat her. That doesn't bode well, but, you know, whatever, whatever. Different fighter, different night. Um, and then she's beating the other girls. Uh, Roxanne Monteferri, Alexis Davis. And she's unfazed by the... Amanda Nunes sent her a very long message on how to, how to beat Shevchenko. Well, there you go. That's all I needed to hear. She got the champ giving her the blueprint. She's 3-2 in her last five. Dude, I, I mean... I'll buy all I'll buy all the snake oil for this right now. Give me all the reasons why I should put money on her and ex and expect close to a grand back. Ah, I'm set. I'm putting hundred money hundred dollars on it. Yo, you're you're if you're not into bet, this is one of those things where it's like if you don't bet, you should just bet. Cause why the fuck not? Like you have way more to, this is 
better than the lottery, honestly. Better than the lottery. I mean, obviously, with $100 for lottery tickets, you can get a lot more than 850 bucks. But... MMA's a 50-50 game because it's all about night. It's all about that night and mentality. I know Valentina's going to show up. But what the fuck would be the point of putting $100 in Valentina Shevchenko? Put $100 on Valentina Shevchenko, I owe money. Get five bucks. The fuck would I want that? I'm a man. I'll put my whole, I'll put my whole rent on here. Um, yeah, so I don't see why not. I'm going to talk it over with my, my girl and, uh, we'll crunch the numbers. Maybe, maybe she, she's interested. Maybe we can get the money from our wins and put it away for some sort of project in the house. All right. And then listen, technically my breakdown is this. Jennifer Maya is a shooter box fighter, so it's hands to feet. She's got jujitsu. Um, if you're going to have, if there's any issue in her game, it's the grinding wrestling style. Obviously, Valentina's not that person, but she can get on top. And I think her top game is going to be too strong for Jennifer, especially for MMA. I don't see a submission happening. Maybe from Jennifer Maya, if possible, if uh, she could get guard or she could take Valentina's back. But technically, I just see Valentina's in and out movements, the kicks, the versatility of strikes, setting a rhythm, reading Jennifer Maya as much as that's what Amanda Nunes said. Amanda Nunes has the ability to go in there and not worried about getting knocked out. She can just walk in there, impose her will, and be the bigger person. She hits too hard. Jennifer Maya doesn't carry the same power, doesn't carry the same size. If Valentina can set her rhythm, then five rounds of Valentina until or until Jennifer doesn't want no, no, no more. Now, if Jennifer Maya goes in there and offbeat rhythm, like offbeat beats... Valentina just by when Valentina's you know about to go you know she, she starts she bounces does that bounce thing Jennifer just does like a stutter step or something forces a, a, a faint to come out forces Valentina to, to react and then react when she's not expecting it good ways are like when you reset you know the timing in your reset should be different. So as you're jogging back to reset, you you faint back. Anything to just offset the computer that Valentina has in her mind. Because it's a very precise, focus, and top-of-the-line T80, whatever calculator I had in college or in high school and college, um, computer. Like, it, it reads fast, and she can react quickly. And she can download very, very, very fast. So that's why a lot of her fights end very quickly. Jessica I ended in the second round at 125 pounds for a girl. It, it, that's downloading very quickly. So it can't ever be the same. Five rounds of something different. 
five rounds of one round trying to go for the legs, one round trying to just catch her with something, right? Make her think, oh, she's just trying to load that right hand. Fake the right hand, left hook, boom, you know, whatever. Okay, so the main event, Davidson Figueredo versus Alex Perez. Dude, I am rocking on time today. Um, Davidson Figueredo versus Alex Perez. To say about this fight, Alex Perez takes this fight on short notice. Davidson Figueredo is supposed to fight Cody Garbrandt. It's not too short notice. It's enough time to watch footage of each other and like develop a game plan. Um, the odds are definitely in Figueiredo's corner. Alex Perez, though, isn't a bad underdog. But as much as he's got a lot of hype behind him, Dana White Contender Series guy, he finishes fights, he's a 125-pounder, he's got that... He's got that wrestling pedigree behind him. Da 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 da. I just think Davidson Figueredo is the guy to reign king for a little bit. I mean, he's got, he's definitely got. He doesn't have the most complete game. He's not a Demetrius Johnson in any way as far as comparing to previous champions. But trying to find his one loss. Uh, uh, uh. Juicy A for me, yeah. Okay, well, GCA beat him. Probably wasn't that. A, uh, it could have been the wrestling. So if there's one thing that Alex Perez does hold as a key would be wrestling. To wrestle Davidson and tire his arms out and just not let him have the power. We would just have to see if Alex can take a shot from him. And also, it's not like he doesn't get better he's also in the prime of his career right now I personally think Davison's gonna win I think he hits him hurts him chokes him if anything Alex Press panic wrestles but I think the power and the confidence he's got right now very hard to beat a confident Brazilian very, very hard to beat. It's going to be up to Alex Perez to drain that confidence through the wrestling and the grinding. This confident Brazilian has hands of cement. Can't say stone because that's another fighter's name. Um, hands of adamantium. Uh, he's he's got to hit him hard and early. If Davison wants to win. And Alex Perez has to set the pace. Fast shots. Colby Covington him. You're, you're hitting him up top. You're shooting down. You're trying to 
Just hold him down. Just try to make his arms work. Try to make him work. And that's it. And then maybe in the later rounds you can start hurting him or whatever. But I don't know, man. I just see this dude hitting Alex real hard and then either finishing him. Because, fuck, man. Joseph Benavidez is, I mean, Alex Perez is a little bit. He's a little bit, I mean, he's younger. He's a little bit bigger. But I don't know. I, I just think the hands are a problem. And I think he can guillotine his neck. He's got that. He's got that farmer strength. But yes, those are my picks. I picked Davidson Figueredo for that. All right. Well, that's all I have for you guys today. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I will be back Monday to break down the card. All here on Southern Scrap Nation. SouthernScrapNation.com. You can obviously go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Spotify for all those other locations. If you use those to listen to podcasts, I'm there. You can also go to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Southern Scrap Nation. I am there. If you have any other questions, email us at southernscrapnation at gmail.com. Been your host, Daniel Jonas. Hope you guys enjoy the weekend. Hope you guys enjoy the fights. Stay safe and peace.